Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Psalm 130, a song of ascents. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Good morning, everyone. If we haven't met before, my name is Pete Scammon, and I'm the associate vicar here at Fullwood Church. As we look together at this amazing psalm, let's pray for God's help. Our Father in heaven, we ask now for the help of your mighty Holy Spirit. Work in our hearts as we come to your word. Please change us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in the middle of a series looking at laments. We are thinking about how to bring the pain and suffering that we experience in this broken world and bring it to our loving Heavenly Father. Last week, the, the pain that we experienced was caused by some external circumstance that made us cry out, how long, Lord? But this week, the brokenness and pain comes from within, or to use the words of Psalm 130, from our sin. And so as we begin, I wonder, how do we cope with our sin? Perhaps we try to deny it. Sin is a problem other people have, but not us. We are basically good people, okay people. That's what many people think. Perhaps we try to hide it. Around our friends and family, we put on a a thin veneer of godliness, but on our own, behind closed doors, there's a different story, a story of a life trapped in sin. I wonder if during this lockdown, the gap between our public life and our private life has grown for some of us. Perhaps we're going to try even harder a new year, a new me, a chance for a fresh start. This, our sin will be a thing of the past, we claim. Or perhaps we're trying to bargain with God. Yes, we've, we've messed up over here, but over here, for, for, for the rest of January, we'll try extra hard to love people and to be kind to everyone, and we'll, we'll try to make up for our sin. Or perhaps... We're just in despair. We've tried hard, we've denied, we've hidden, and yet our sin is a reality. We cannot escape it, 
and we are in despair. We fear that God will have had enough of us. And so I wonder, how do we cope with our sin? Look, I know it's a pretty heavy topic to be launching in on on a Sunday morning. We might be thinking, come on, it's, it's January during lockdown. Give us something more joyful to cling on to. And yet, we'll see this morning that as we learn to lament, as we learn to be honest with God about our sin, we'll see that here is a key to us discovering that true security, true joy in this broken world. So let's dive into Psalm 130 and see how the psalmist copes with their own sin. First, a desperate cry. Look at verse 1. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let, my ear, let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. In the news a few days ago was a story of a dog out for a walk with their owner in some woods when suddenly the dog just disappeared. The owner couldn't find the dog anywhere. They searched desperately. And then they heard the sound of desperate barking coming out of a, a hole in the ground. The dog had fallen down a, a six-meter-deep well with, with steep, narrow sides, absolutely desperate, unable to climb out, barking in desperation. Well, that's something of the picture here in verse 1. The psalmist trapped in the depths. The walls are too steep. There's no chance of them getting out by themselves. Well, don't worry for all you animal lovers. That dog was safely rescued a few hours later. But let's not rush forward too quickly in Psalm 130. Be in no doubt, this is a desperate cry. Because, not a problem out there, but a, a, a crisis in here. The problem, verse 3, again in verse 8, our sin. Sin traps us in a deep pit. The walls are too steep. We cannot get out. And for some of us here this morning, we need no convincing that that is the case. Perhaps it is our temper or our grumpiness, our struggles with lust, our complete lack of motivation to do the right thing, to, to love people around us, to care for people and show compassion. What do we do? What can we do? A big part of learning to lament is to learn how to bring our situation to the Lord in prayer, including our sin. And look at what the psalmist does, verse 1 again. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Some of you will have heard the story of my friend from university who one Christmas back home borrowed his dad's car and went out to a party. On the way home from the party, late on Christmas Eve, he crashed the car. It was towed home. The, the wreck was left on the driveway. 
the dad had gone to bed many hours before, and my friend had to go to bed, unable to confess what he'd done. You can imagine the next morning, Christmas morning, my friend desperately not wanting to have to speak to his dad. He's the last person on earth he wanted to speak to. You can imagine him wanting to stay under the duvet all day. And when we sin, so often the last person we want to speak to about our sin is our heavenly father. Think back to Adam and Eve in the garden in Genesis 3. After the first sin, they hid from the Lord in their shame. And many of us want to run away and to hide from the Lord. But here in Psalm 130, the psalmist trapped deep in sin, well, they cry out to the Lord. And so whoever we are, whatever we've done, no matter how many times we've done it, no matter how deep the pit feels, we can cry out to the Lord for mercy. And so I wonder, perhaps this morning, the time has come to stop running, stop hiding, stop denying, and to start crying out to the Lord for mercy. And the reason why we can cry out to the Lord, well, let's keep going, a desperate cry, next, a surprising confidence. Look at verse 3. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? Many people think this is what the Lord is like, uh, walking around with a clipboard, watching everything we do, noting it all down, keeping a track of every slip, every failure, adding up the totals, working out the percentages, drawing up a verdict, and the conclusion is clear, not good enough, failed to meet the standards. There is a truth here. The Lord does see all, does know all. There is no hiding from him. And actually, if we are the kind of person watching this morning who feels like we, we are not in a pit because of our sin, well, verse 3 tells a different story. If the Lord did keep a record of our lives, not just our words, but our thoughts, not just the public actions, but the private ones as well, and not just some of the time, but all the time, we would all be undone. We are all trapped in our sin. We could not stand before the Lord. Another word for sin is waywardness. Think of that shopping trolley with a wonky wheel. As you push the trolley down the aisle, you, you try to go straight, but no matter how hard you try, the, the wonky wheel means the trolley veers off right into some display of chocolates or whatever it is. And so too with our hearts. When we sin, it's not a, a blip in an otherwise good life. Now the problem is much deeper. Down to our very hearts, we have a wayward heart. And so the psalmist is absolutely right. Verse 3, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? And so at this point, we might be thinking, why would you cry out to the Lord? Much better to run from him. But look at verse 4. 
but with you there is forgiveness. If we are just dipping into Christian things, perhaps for the first time, then verse 4 takes us right to the heart of the good news of the Christian faith. Christianity is not for good people who can help themselves, but it is rather for desperate people who know that they cannot, but who also know the Lord freely forgives. And for those of us who are Christians, just as tarnish dulls silver with time, so this glorious truth of the Lord's forgiveness can become dull in our hearts. We've been seeing in lament that so often the the turning point of the psalm, the hinge that changes the day, is some truth about the Lord. Last week it was his unfailing love. This week it is his forgiveness. Perhaps we've begun to think that the desperate cry and surprising confidence of Psalm 130, well, that's for those beginning the Christian life. But actually it is for every day of our Christian life. It's easy, I think, to slip into thinking that we maintain our standing before the Lord as Christians, not based on his forgiveness, but based on our good behavior. Perhaps we have begun to think that the Lord is like that inspector with a clipboard, marking us, monitoring us. And if that is our view of the Lord, no wonder we might try to hide our sin or pretend it's not as bad as it really is. And if that is our view of the Lord, as Christians, well, gradually our joy, our confidence in knowing him, it'll, it'll slip away. I think there is a bias in our hearts towards assuming that the Lord is like that inspector, looking for reasons to fail us and to condemn us. And so we need to fight to remember this surprising confidence. Verse four, but with you there is forgiveness. It is true that forgiven people should serve the Lord with reverence. That's how verse four ends. But our reverence doesn't save us or secure us, but rather it flows out of God's forgiveness that does. A desperate cry, a surprising confidence, finally an urgent longing. Over the last few weeks, I've been desperately scanning the news headlines to keep up to date with the vaccine rollouts. I've been checking the daily rates of vaccinations. I've been doing the maths, working out if it's that much each day, then it means this much in a week and this much in a month. And I've been trying to project forward to imagine how quickly this lockdown might come to an end. I'm sure I'm not the only one urgently longing for that day to come when the vaccine is rolled out fully and we are free again. There's an urgent longing for us at the moment. Well, there's a similar longing here in in Psalm 130. Not in the arrival of some vaccine, but in the arrival of the Lord. 
It turns out that our, our modern band leaders are not the first to repeat the final line of the verse. They were at it thousands of years ago. Verse 6, I wait for the Lord more than watchmen. Wait for the morning more than watchmen. Wait for the morning. Think of a guard on the city wall posted during the long watch of the night. The night is a time of danger when the attack is most likely. The dawn brings security and safety. Of course, the psalmist isn't actually a guard on the city wall. It's just a comparison. Within this psalm, the psalmist is actually stuck in a pit in the depths because of their sin. And he's not waiting for the dawn. He's waiting for the Lord. Verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. You see, when a person realizes the surprising confidence that when the Lord comes, he comes with forgiveness, then when we are in the pit of our sin, no wonder we urgently long for him to come, to bring his forgiveness, to come and rescue us from the pit we're in. Think of those Chinese miners stuck down a gold mine. I, I gathered 10 or so rescued this morning, but another 11 still trapped 600 meters underground. I'm told perhaps two more weeks before they can be rescued. Imagine them right now huddled together in the darkness, longing for their rescue. Well, that is something of the moment here in Psalm 130 an urgent longing for the Lord to arrive, bringing the much-needed forgiveness to bring the psalmist out of the pit of sin. Many centuries later, in Luke's gospel, he describes two old believers, Simeon and Anna. They were waiting for the consolation of Israel, for the Lord to come. And when old Simeon held the baby Jesus, he said in Luke 2, my eyes have seen your salvation. The Lord had come to his people in the baby of Jesus. And when Jesus himself described why he had come, in John 12 he says, I have not come to judge the world, but to save the world. My friend from university, the one who crashed his dad's car, when he did eventually manage to drag himself down the stairs on Christmas morning, and when he did see his dad and explain what he'd done, his dad didn't get angry, didn't shout or stamp or tell my friend off. My dad forgave him. He said, he said it's okay. And that moment of dread turned into a moment of joy and restoration. And in the coming of Jesus, it's not a moment of dread, but a moment of forgiveness. Our redemption secured forever. So what does this mean for us as Christians today? Well, the psalmist looked forward with an urgent longing. But this side of Jesus, we look back and see the Lord has already come. 
but we should look back with the same kind of urgency that the psalmist had looking forward, looking back with urgency at the moment of our redemption, of our forgiveness. One way we can do this is to make ongoing confession of our sin an urgent daily priority. To start each new day not hiding our sin or downplaying it or bargaining with God over it, but honestly confessing it, taking time to reflect with sober judgment on our hearts and actions, and then remembering that the Lord has come with forgiveness. We have been rescued in Christ. There is something in my own heart that wants to avoid this moment of confession. I want to skip over it and just carry on with my day. But the urgent longing of the psalmist helps us to know how important it is for us to regularly, daily remember that without the Lord we are in a pit, but with the Lord we have forgiveness of sins. Longing to make that forgiveness that the central truth that we stand on each new day. And this prayer is not a prayer just for our own. Notice how the psalm ends in the plural, not the singular. Verse 7, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. It's one of the things I missed most about not being able to gather together with God's people on a Sunday, hearing the sound of hundreds of voices lifted up in public confession of our sin and a public trust that in the Lord Jesus we have been forgiven. How do we cope with our sin? Learning to lament, it involves a desperate cry because of our sin, but also a surprising confidence The Lord does forgive. And then also an urgent longing to know the Lord and to to know the forgiveness he brings. And as we learn to lament this way, we also look forward to the day when Christ will come again to his people. And on that day, our wretched experience of sin will be finally over forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you do forgive sin. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, not to condemn the world, but to save it. Help us to pray like the psalmist, with total honesty, but with total confidence in your forgiveness. Amen.